the Lord.
I would like uh, to call on two people just to stand up, come up here, and just share just a few words with uh, everybody. Brother Dan and Brother Aaron, would you come on up and just kind of uh, just whatever you feel like on your heart, just share a few words. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Seems like years. Wow. Like you said, what would everyone look like? You know, um, one thing that's gotten me about this whole thing that, you know, the, this world's going through, and if it isn't a sign of the times, um, uh, Brother Welch taught me when I first got saved, he says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Wow. Yeah. That's right. And, and that's the truth. And what I mean by that is uh, Dina said something to me the other day and it just hit me, man, like a brick in the head. She made the statement, she goes, I can't get over how freely people gave up their rights. Yeah. They just freely yeah. gave it up. Yeah. And it was like, and we're, we're living in this age where nobody knows right from wrong, yeah. what's good and what's bad. They're totally dependent on man to decide what's More good and what's bad yeah. Yeah. and I thought about that and it got me and I said man you know I was reading in the pine I was reading in God's word and everything and what gets me right is when we build our lives on this there's no doubt absolutely no doubt and you know and it's like and we have assurance in what this says so much so and this is what gets me is you'll see things happen in the world and you'll go, wow. Yeah. That's exactly what it said would be like. Yeah. And we're seeing that all happen. And so, I don't know about all of you, but I'm excited that we're in these days yeah. because, man, our redemption is drawing near. Amen. And I just, I can't help but... <coughs> just blown away by everything that's going on in this world and yet when I read my Bible it didn't change it <laughs> still says the same thing but how many of you noticed that when this thing all first started we'll say a month ago they said this 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 and this have you noticed that now everything's changed so man doesn't really know what's going on he doesn't really know and it's like 
man, I'm glad my faith is not in man, That's right. but it's in God. Yeah. And I, here's an, just one more thing, and this 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 really was kind of hitting me. Here we're, you know, we're by ourselves and we're in our homes, and it's like we don't have each other to lean on, and we're like all by ourselves. So, what did we do when we were by ourselves? Did we maintain what we had? Or did yeah. we say, man, I can't handle this. I have to be yeah. with someone else. Now I'm saying that for this reason. Your faith is, you make, you determine how strong your faith is. Yeah. It's not, you don't determine the strength of my faith. Yeah. And I don't determine the strength of your Amen. faith. That's on you. And I just, and I'm, and I'm not saying that it, and I'm not trying to accuse anybody of doing anything or anything, but it just really struck me that when here you are, you're by yourself. I thought about, you know, uh, uh, who was it, Paul and Silas when they were in the prison? Yeah. You can't, I mean, you think about what it must have been like when they were in prison and the conditions that was in and everything, but they were all by themselves. And so were they scared? Were they worried? Were they... You, see, you understand what I'm saying? Where they, they weren't looking around at their conditions. They were looking at all that matters is Jesus. And, man, I'm just through this whole thing that's really opened up my eyes. That what we do outside of this fellowship makes all the difference in the world. It really, really struck me. It really struck me. And, um, never realized how dependent I am on all of you, which is a good thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's a good thing. But it's like, and I missed, oh, I missed everybody so much. And it was, it's, it's, man, it seems like it's been a year. But I think it's awesome. Here we are. We're, we're singing and worshiping and we're fellowshipping outside. And I said, man, what a perfect backdrop. All them apartment houses. I hope they all hear it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise Amen. the Lord. Boy, it feels good to be even with the fellow saints. Amen. Amen. And even to feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Uh, remind me of uh, yes. a few times in the uh, Take me back to Whitewater when we we had uh, services out in the country, out in the open air. Amen. And you know, and God moved. Yeah. Amen. As long as the people is uh, faithful and hungry, God will move. Mm -hmm. Amen. I, I, I'm thankful to be here, and, uh, and I, I'm like Brother Dan. It seems like it's been a long time. Yeah. Amen. But you know, the, one thing uh, that we have a promise. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Right. As long as you got the Holy Ghost inside you. Amen. 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 And stir the Holy Ghost up at home, Amen. wherever you're at. Amen. Amen. You got Jesus inside you. Amen. But even when we come together like this, when all our faith is, even all, you know, together, and that's what really moves God, I think. Amen. I think that there's a scripture here. That, I don't know, we, we, we read it, we probably know it by heart, but I want to read it because when you read God's word, it just, amen, it comes alive. It's a scripture we heard for ever and ever, but it says in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Amen. Yes. That means even all his promises are still good. 
certain things God can't do. He can't lie. Amen. He'll never give up on us. Amen. He'll always tell the truth. Amen. He's there for us. Amen. Amen. I thank God for peace. You know, um, uh, to have peace with God, that's good. But that peace, that the Bible says, that passes all understanding. It'll keep our hearts and our minds in, in his love. Yeah. Amen. To, to know that peace, that, you know, to everything that's going on in this world. Amen. You know what this world is going through? A, amen. A reality check. Amen. It's going through a reality check. Amen. But us, as God's people, hey, we know the truth. Amen. So we shouldn't be, uh, amen, afraid of anything, right. even death. Because God has us in the palm of his hand. Amen. And this world is going through a lot, but you know, God's church is going to be, amen, it's going to be here for, for, for eternity. Amen. And that's what we're part of. We're part of his church, so we don't have amen. to fear. Amen. Amen. We have peace. Amen. We know that God is in control. Amen. And that's what I take heart in. Amen. That's what I believe. God is in control. No matter what, he's in control. Amen. He's got you and, and me in, in, in the palm of his hand. And I appreciate that. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. So take, Amen. take uh, courage and all that in his word. And I'm glad to see you all. Uh, I know one thing. Amen. Amen. We're going to see some glorious things happening. And to be part of his his bride, part of his church, we know the truth. And the truth is going to keep us free. Amen. We have nothing to worry about. Amen. God's in control. So just always remember that. And I get to see all your saints of God. Glad to be here. And, uh, you know, and, and to feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I appreciate that. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. a different, I guess a different place to be. This kind of brings back memories being outside. You know, we've been, a, been a, a part of a lot of outside services and back in the 80s and 90s I can remember uh, being in uh, what they call camp meetings under a tent. We've experienced, I don't know how many of, you know, that kind of service and, and uh, those kind of services. And it's amazing. It just kind of brings back memories just to be outside. But we've always witnessed the Spirit of God moving. And wherever wherever you are, where, whatever you're doing, whatever, uh, you know, your, your situation, your location, if you have the Spirit of God in you, <laughs> And you begin to, as Paul said, stir up that gift that is in you. You're going to find out that there's going to be a witness to that. Seems like we're always looking to somebody else for a witness. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, both of these men that stood up here, Brother Dan and Brother Aaron, stood up here and what they had to say was, uh, I could probably, I was wondering if they were reading my notes. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's amazing. But here's the thing. The Spirit bears witness. Yeah. The Spirit bears witness. So we always have that. That's kind of like a, a, a safeguard that we have as the people of God. The Spirit will always bear witness. And, and, and like the scripture says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we know um, that's kind of to help us to 
understand and know that we are where God wants us to be. We're in his will and all this. And, and uh, so whenever we do that, but remember, remember this. Uh, you know you're a child of God because his spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are his child. So don't ever doubt the conversion that you have experienced. Because if you felt the power of God and, and you felt yourself being lifted up, being resurrected by that same spirit, let me tell you something, that's the witness that you are his. And you belong to him and, and uh, praise God. So it's, it's wonderful, regardless of where we are. I mean, it's coming to the days now that I believe uh, we always uh, talk about that term uh, coming down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> coming down to where the rubber meets the road. And I, I think we're coming into that area right now uh, prophetically as far as uh, the time that we're living in, the end time events. And a lot of people right now, because of what's going on in this country and all over the world, you know, there, there's it seems like the, the reaction and the response is all the same. They don't know what to do. There's uh, uncertainty. Uh, it's just like, and it, it just goes to show they're lost. Mankind is lost. And, and obviously some are feeling like there's no hope in all this, you know, just going through this, this whole, the whole nine yards, if I want to say it that way. But I'm glad that we know the truth. Amen. I'm glad that we know, amen, who we believe and who we have hope in. Because without him, amen, we would be just like everybody else. And I'm not saying that to, to cast a shadow. Because I know God is going to give every person uh, that, that is going through something right now an opportunity to take a really good look. Like Brother Aaron said, it's a reality check. And, and they're trying to, they're, they're finding out just exactly what it is that's missing in their lives. What they need. Every man, every person needs something. There's a difference between a need and a want, by the way. But every person needs something right now. They need something that is real. They need something that has some substance to it. Something that they know can help them get through whatever it is that they are experiencing right now. And they're going to find that out. I believe with all my heart, they're going to come to that understanding. They're going to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, amen, that's good. God is doing something. But on the other hand, you have those that are still questioning. Still questioning authority. Still questioning what's happening and I feel sorry for those people. I feel sorry because they really think that they can uh, somehow get through this by the skin of their teeth. But let me tell you something, they're not going to. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That's what the writer in Hebrews said, uh, Hebrews chapter 2. So there's no way anybody can, you know, try to be exempt from what is happening or what's going to happen to them. If, we, if we're affected by what we're going through right now, just wait until the 70th week begins to come in. This is nothing. This is nothing. And everybody right now, they're just, they're losing, if I want to use that way, use that slang, they're losing their cool. I've been, I've been in the Word. I've been... I've been going over certain things in the Word. I've been, I'm going to say it that way. 
checking my references. Double checking. Going back and forth like the scripture says in Isaiah. Here little, there little. Precept upon precept, line upon line. I've been going back and forth just to make sure everything I was taught and everything that the Lord revealed to me was was exactly what it was. And let me tell you something. Like uh, who mentioned that up here? Uh, God has never changed. Amen. He's still the same. Yeah. And I found out that's what it is. But and I was thinking that that thought came upon me one morning, and, and it was like the Lord said, "If they're all shooken up about what's going on with COVID, wait until the seventieth week comes in." Wow, you think you're upset right now? Maybe this is a precursor to someone actually realizing that they need to change their lives. They need to really seek God. If they haven't sought God before, this is the time for them to seek God. To seek God. And, and I thought about that, and, and, and it was like the Lord was, was showing me that, and I thought, wow, okay, Lord, I, I understand. And, but we need to do what we can as his people to be a light. So if you would turn with me, uh, you don't have to stand. You can stay seated. If you turn with me in your Bibles this evening to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, and we'll try to, pages are going on here. Corinthians 16. <laughs> oh man, I, I I'm not going to apologize for what I have to minister tonight. Because I definitely I, I wish I could get into certain things. There's some things I've been wanting to really teach and preach and get into and, and I believe something that the body needs and but uh, I was I was meditating praying and the Lord gave me this this thought and I thought okay Lord I'll just obey you I'll just do what you want me to do uh, obviously he knows and, and I was thinking about what brother Dan said he said I don't know I'm not trying to accuse any of you of anything of anything changing in your life or even in your home and that's the thing because right now, this is a test to all of us. This is a test of our faith. It's a test of our obedience. And you, you read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and I'll start with verse number 13. Uh, it says here in, uh, if I get the right page myself, it says here in verse number 13, it says, uh, Watch ye. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. That's something, isn't it? Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. 
quit you like men. Be strong. Let all your things be done with charity, with love. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Steph Stephanus, that it is their first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I like that. I like what he says there. They have addicted, addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Wow, that's a good addiction to have. That's something, that's something good to be caught up in, to minister. And you know what that means? That means watching out for one another. Huh? Making sure your fellow uh, brother, your, 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 your sister in the Lord, the family of God, making sure ministering to one another, looking after one another. If we can become addicted to that. Because that's what we need right now. That's why, uh, how many of you feel the love of God? I feel the love of God. Uh, and this love that we experience in the Holy Ghost, the agape love, is a lot different than what we experience as far as our, our, the, the, the love we have as, as human beings. Uh, God's love is a lot deeper than that. So why is it that, uh, uh, and think about this, why is it that we all have a love for one another and, and we're not even uh, family by blood? Why is that? Well, just that's a testament to how real and how powerful God's love is. So he says, let everything be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, know ye the house. Okay, I, I read that already. That ye, in verse number 16, that ye submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Okay, uh, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and uh, Fortunatus and uh, Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied, and, and on and on and on. Uh, so, so we see here. But what, what I want to talk to you about, uh, as far as what Paul is speaking about here, this the, the ending of what he's talking about here, it's it's at the end, it's at the end of his epistle to the Corinthian church. It's at the end. That's uh, you know. I guess we would say it's a benediction. It's, a, it's the last part of it. But why would he say this after he, after, if, if any of you have ever read the, the book of 1 Corinthians from the first chapter all the way to the 16th chapter, everything that Paul dealt with in the Corinthian church, there's a number of things he dealt with in the Corinthian church. And, and, and let me tell you something. Uh, obviously, the problem with the Corinthian church was they didn't really, they, they were not a mature church. They weren't perfect by any standard. But here's the thing. They had the power of God. They had the power of God. But, but why is it that there were certain things that I guess were... Were, were happening there in the church, certain things that were just uh, there in the church and, 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 and it wasn't confronted, it wasn't dealt with. And why was it? Because you know what? Here's, here's a problem with a lot of people, Holy Ghost filled people. They don't know what to do with the power that's in them. Sometimes we don't know what to do with the Holy Ghost that we have within us. And that was the problem. They didn't realize this. They didn't realize that they had the power. They had the authority. They had the knowledge. They had the wisdom to deal with all these problems that they were experiencing. Okay? Is everybody still with me? Mm -hmm. So here, here we see at the end of that first letter, 
He's saying, he, he's saying that, he said, quit you like men. Quit you like men. That's kind of something, isn't it? Quit you like men. Watch you, watch you stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Be strong. Why is that? Well, there's a good reason why. Does anybody want to know why? There's a good reason why. Uh, I like what the Amplified says. I'm going to read it to you, okay? This is the Amplified version. Listen to this. Be alert and on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Your conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Keeping, keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part of it. In other words, keeping yourself intact with God. Because if you keep yourself intact with God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have strong convictions. Huh? You're going to have strong convictions. So that's what he means. Okay? Uh, so he says, uh, now here's, here's, here's what the Amplified Version says. Act like men. And be courageous. Grow in strength. Okay? Let me paraphrase this just a little bit. Just let me paraphrase this just a little bit. Because I was thinking about this when I was looking at the Amplified Version. Uh, uh, and I was thinking about this. And when he said, act like men. That's basically what he says. Quit you like men. That means act like men. Let, let, me, let me paraphrase it a little bit. And act like women. <laughs> Not just men. Women. Act like men. Act like women. But here's, here's the other part. Now I'm going to add a little bit onto it. I'm going to amplify it just a little bit. Act like Holy Ghost men. Act like Holy Ghost women. Holy Ghost filled. Holy Ghost filled. Men and women. Act like Holy Ghost filled men. Act like Holy Ghost filled women. Amen. That's basically what he's saying. Act like you're filled with the Spirit. Wow. Amen. Why? Because if we're, if we're not filled with the Spirit. Uh, I mentioned this one time to somebody and they really got offended at me. They really got offended at me. Because they said, I'm a child of God. And... Uh, I said, you are? Yes, I am. I said, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? They said, no. And I said, well, you're not a child of God. And, and I said, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God so that you, you can become a child of God. That's so that we can be meet to be part meet to be partakers of his heavenly, uh, his heavenly kingdom. And and so uh, I said, if you don't <clears throat> if you don't have his spirit, the scripture says you're none of his. Yeah. They said, where does it say that? So I said, go read in the book of Romans. And I gave them the scripture. It says, if you have not the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. Yeah. Hallelujah. So that's why it's important to be spirit-filled. Because if you are not spirit-filled, guess what? You don't belong to him. Hallelujah. Okay? So just kind of think about that for a little while. Because that's the truth. That's the truth. And uh, so here we are. Paul's admonition. Why? Why did he say, act like men? 
Why did he say that? What was his reasoning to admonish the church at the end of his letter to say, quit you like men? After everything that he dealt with, after everything that he addressed, and everything that he imparted to them through the word of God. And you know what? Here's the thing. Obviously, he was aware of their potential. He was aware that they had, if they really wanted it, the ability to minister the way God wanted them to minister. To take what God had given them through his word and through the spirit and, and amen, just exercise the gifts that God gave to them through all that. But what was the problem? They were being negligent. And, and when we step back into the carnal mind, that's what happens to us. We become negligent as far as the things of God are concerned. We don't really uh, address them like we should. We, we're not there to where we can be able to respond in the way that God wants us to respond. That is something that is that needs to be done by each and every one of us. Hallelujah. So that's the reason. Paul's admonition, why? Well, first of all, this, you know, I know, I think I mentioned this before uh, a while back, but we talk about history, and of course, uh, this letter was to uh, the church at Corinth, which was uh, situated in Greece. And, and at, at that particular time, the city of Corinth, as far as history was concerned, uh, it was a very popular place. You could almost compare it to maybe New York City or any other uh, metropolis, uh, you know, that has a lot of activity and a lot of people coming in and a lot of people going out. Uh, a lot of uh, foreigners that are just going across the, the way on their journey and, and, they're, and they're stopping there and, and, and it's, a, it's a place where they can find a rest and it's a place that they can, uh, you know, be, be obviously find whatever it is that they need to find there because Corinth was, if we want to compare it uh, 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 to a city today, back then in its day, it was one of the biggest cities back then in Asia Minor because of all the, the activity that was going across and through its it's, it's, it's streets and, and all this. So it was, uh, it was obviously the hub of foreign assemblage. In other words, a lot of foreigners came in there because uh, not too far from there, you know, you could travel the, the, the Mediterranean Sea and you can go from one country to another. So it was a good place to, for, if I want to use it in that way, it was a layover. And so there was a lot of uh, activity going on. And, and of course, it was uh, the... Uh, uh, because of the trade route, it was it was a it was a busy uh, environment. It was a busy location, and and the other thing about it, it had a thriving, it had a thriving economy. You could go there and you could find employment. You can go there and you could make money. You can go there and become rich financially. Like I said earlier, it was one of the largest cities in the one of the largest cities in the Roman Empire. One of the largest cities in the Roman Empire. One of the richest cities in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm I'm just reading you certain characteristics about Corinth, okay? But here's the other part of it. It was one of the most wicked cities of ancient times. Yeah. 
Whenever you have all this activity, whenever you have all the, the different kinds of people coming in, the, 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 the nations, the foreigners coming in, traversing through there, and, and, and you know what? You're going to have a, a lot of different beliefs, a lot of different philosophies, huh? a lot of different traditions, a lot of different teachings. And so it was probably one of the reasons why it was one of the most wicked cities of ancient times. Why? Okay, because of immorality. Because of pagan, pagan practices, heathen religions. And of course, if any of you ever studied out the Greek culture, uh, Greek philosophy, you're gonna find out the, the temple of Aphrodite was located right there in Corinth. The temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Sounds like something good, doesn't it? But you know what? The temple of Aphrodite employed 1,000 temple prostitutes. Amen. Wow. <laughs> so now we're getting a really good picture, aren't we? Amen. Now we're seeing really what is, is there, the reality of, of why Paul wrote this to the church at Corinth. Right? Why he was trying to deal with it, because here they were, they were, they were Greeks, they were Gentiles that had a little to no understanding of the ways of God. But yet Paul says, hey, come on, folks, I'm paraphrasing this, come on, folks, you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Huh? Amen. You have that anointing upon you. Amen. God's called you to be a people, a holy people. A holy nation, a righteous people. He's called you to be just that. In the midst of all, in the midst of all this. Amen. That's kind of like a comparison, isn't it? This, the city that we live in, it's a small city, 10,000 population. Uh, but yet, look at everything that's inside this city. We have a big university. We have a lot of other things going on, a lot of other activities, huh? And they're not good, obviously. But this is a, you know, it's a, it's a nice location. I can agree with that, you know. Uh, praise God, it's it's not too big and it's not too small, so it's, you know, it's a nice place to live. But if you could, if you could try to ignore all the other, all the other ex, extracurricular activities that go on, you'll do yourself very well. But that's, again, that's up to you, okay? But here's the thing, and, and this is what Paul was saying, okay? And, then, and, and it was also an attraction for all manner of ungodly lifestyles. So, so we see here, just basically, why it was Paul said, quit you like men. Act like men. Why? Because you have to contend with all this. Huh? How many of you know temptation is real? Huh? How many of you know that the, the, the influence of the world is, is, is something that's it's hard for, for even a child of God to turn their back on the world? Why? The influence of the world is so strong. You need to be careful because the Bible says even a little fox is full of the vines. 
We can say to ourselves that it won't, it's not harmless, that won't hurt us. No, maybe not in the beginning, but if you keep on attending to it, after time, you know what's going to happen? It's going to bind your soul. And you're going to find out you're further, more further away from God than you ever thought you would be. That's why. I'm sorry to be talking like this this evening. But uh, like I said, Brother Dan and Brother Aaron kind of opened that doorway for me. So, so if you want to blame anybody... No, I'm just saying that. I, I would not hesitate to tell you the truth. I would not hesitate to let you know what we have to be careful of. I don't have a bad bone in my body for anybody. Because it's my responsibility, my obligation to speak the truth to you. And that's what the Apostle Paul told Timothy. He said, he said, speak the truth to those that, you know, you could both save yourself and them that hear you. And so that's the very reason why we do it. We do it with the utmost sincerity that we can so that you can understand why it is important to us to act as men and to act as women. Wow. Colossians chapter 4, verse number 2, it says, Continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. somebody say the other about a week ago concerning all this they're saying uh, speaking to their to their uh, congregation you have nothing to fear why are you in fear we have nothing to fear we're, we're okay we're fine we have that promise even if we're afflicted with something we have that promise. The Bible says, call for the elders of the church and let them anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. If he's committed any sins, you will be, give, be forgiven and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so we have that promise. What, what, what shall, why do we fear? And he said, the only reason why you fear is because you're not praying like you should. Or you're not praying altogether. So what happens? You're overcome by the spirit that is out there. And when you're overcome by the spirit that's out there, you're going to respond just like everybody else. You're going to respond in fear. Huh? You're going to be fearful. And we're seeing that happen right now. So he said, you have no reason to be that way. As long as you pray, guess what's going to happen? He said, God is going to quicken you. And God is going to strengthen you. And God is going to lift you up. And you're going to find out really how blessed you are. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, continue in prayer in verse number two. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying. With all praying also for us. That, the, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. To speak the mystery of Christ. For which I am also in bonds. You know what? It's important for us to attend to our calling. Not just myself, not just these men, but each and every one of you. Wherever you are in 
in your world, in your environment, guess what? It's important for you to be a witness, to be a testimony, to be a light. It's important for you to, to be there for God so that in case anybody has a question or anybody wants to know, that's why he said, he said that to speak the mystery of Christ for which also I, which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So he says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So we see this is our responsibility. This is our obligation. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for his faithfulness and thank God for his goodness. <laughs> Think about what things can threaten you. You need to be careful in this world we live in. Did you know that the Bible says in Matthew 24 when Jesus was talking about what's going to happen in the end times? He said, He said, Beware, be careful, because many false prophets shall. That's what he said. They shall come. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. If we, you know, we're to a certain extent, we're experiencing that now. We see that all over this country, all over the world, people preaching the, the gospel, the so-called gospel, but you know what? They don't understand it like we do. Amen. They haven't experienced it like we do. Because the gospel is a death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. They don't believe it like we, we believe it. How can they say that we are one when they can't even, amen, they can't even obey the gospel? That's right. So if you can get that wrong, if you can if you can error in the simplest things of God, in the in, in the first principles of God, if you can error even in that, how much more will you err in the deeper things? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Amen. Amen. Some people, you know, and I'm not judgmental. I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know what? Uh, if everybody had the Holy Ghost like they should have it, you would feel the same way. When you're listening to somebody, you know, somebody was saying something a while back and I was listening to them. I said, wow, that sounds good. That actually sounds good. It just kind of tickled my ear for a moment. Then all of a sudden, when he started to talk about salvation, I said, oh boy. Nope. Didn't, it didn't it didn't fit it didn't feel right it's not what I experienced and if you if you experience the born again uh, salvation born again process uh, and 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 do what the Word of God uh, uh, commands you to do guess what you'll know you'll know what I'm talking about and so you know that that happened I thought to myself oh man 
But here's, here's the Apostle Paul. Look what the Apostle Paul does in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 1. This is, this is what he does now. I want, you, I want you to see this. And he's talking about this. And, and he says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous. In other words, I don't mind telling you the same things over and over again. <laughs> but for you, it is safe. Maybe one of these days we're going to finally get it right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're reading it wrong, if you're, if you're interpreting the word of God wrong, hopefully one of these days you'll get it right. Amen. <laughs> Hopefully one of the days the Spirit's going to have some kind of influence on you and you're going to receive the understanding. And once you do, guess what? You're going to say, wow, what took me so long? Amen. But he said, for me to write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous. I don't get tired of you telling you the same thing over and over again. I, I, won't, I won't get tired of telling you that because there, there might be a day when you're going to finally get it right. But for you, it is safe. Huh? So he says, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Now, when, when you read that, a lot of people say, what does he mean? Is that, is that figurative language? Is he telling us to beware of dogs? Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. So we're supposed to be cautious. Beware of dogs. And we're supposed to watch out for people that are evil. But that's not what the Apostle Paul says. What he really means is beware of. of, 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 of let, let me paraphrase this uh, uh, from another interpretation. And, and he says, uh, uh, what he's saying here is, is be, be careful of the circumcision party, the enemies of your faith. In other words, you know what he was talking about? He was talking about all those that were still trying to tell all these new converts, you had to be circumcised in order for you to be saved. So there are some religious people that will try to tell you differently. That's what he meant. Beware of dogs. The circumcision party, the enemies of your faith and freedom, be on your guard against their, uh, against these curs. Does anybody know what a cur is? Do you know what a, a cur is, brother Dan? A yeah. C U R. A cur. Be aware of these curs. That's what. He, that's what. This. I'm reading out of the Phillips translation. Uh, it says, "These wicked workmen." These, uh, these uh, uh, mutilators of your bodies. Why, why do you think Paul referred to it as that way? Circumcision. <coughs> circumcision. Little circumcision. What do they do when, when you when you're uh, when all these young Young men get, when they're born, when they're, of course, every hospital does it now, I think they circumcise the baby. That's what he's talking about, circumcision. You had to be circumcised in order to be, to receive the promises and the inheritance of God. Back then, that was the Old Testament covenant, but they failed to understand that. That was, that was disannulled. Amen. That came to an end. So here they were, they were trying to impose 
their customs and their traditions upon the believers of Jesus Christ. So what am I saying? Be careful for any person that tries to impose their religions and their beliefs upon you, especially if it does not line up with the word of God. The apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he told him, he said that uh, uh, these people that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Mm -hmm. They have a form of godliness, but, but they deny the power of those. He's from such turn away. Mm -hmm. In other words, don't have anything to do with them. Praise God. Yeah. So in other words, like he said, quit you like men. Here we are. If you don't believe that this, what we're reading right now is relevant in this day, look around you. Amen. Look around you. I gave a group Bible study once out to uh, Milk's camp. And I was invited to go out there. So myself, my wife, my mother, and my father, several of us from the church went from White River. I didn't think that the meeting was going to be that, uh, the, the, the group was going to be that big when we got there. I thought it was just going to be a simple uh, home Bible study between me and the family. But when I got there, I was amazed to find out when I walked into that place, there was almost 30-some people sitting inside there. And, I, you know, I thought to myself, wow, this is, this is good. And so, and, and so the person who was basically the head, uh, Neil Olodge, he, he told me, he said, uh, Pastor Marshall, we just we want to talk about salvation. And we want you to explain salvation to us from the scriptures. I said, hey, I'll do just that. So we got into the word and, and I started talking about salvation. And by the time I got in with my Bible study, went to all the gospels and some of the epistles. When I got done with my Bible study, there was probably about 15, 16 people that said, I want to be baptized in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And I thought, wow, this is this is a, we hit the mother load. But all of a sudden, a voice came from the back of the room and it said, no, you don't need to. And it's like everybody kind of turned around and, 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 and sitting back there and, and, and uh, sitting back there with himself and his wife. He was a, he was a minister from another church and he, he said, no, you don't necessarily have to do that to be saved. All you have to do is Say a sinner's prayer and believe in your heart. He said, and you will be saved. And so I said, show me that in the scripture. So guess where he took me, brother Dan? He took me to Romans chapter 10. He took me to Romans chapter 10. I said, okay. I said, okay, yes, I, I'm very familiar with that scripture. I said, but that's not who he's talking to. He's not talking to the lost. He said, sure he is. No, he's not. I said, look who's a, who, who, who he's addressing in Romans chapter 1. So we went to Romans chapter 1. And you know what? He said, saints Amen. to the saints. Yeah. So I said, 
you know what? These people are already seen. Yeah, yeah. I said, so you're reading it from the wrong book. I said, if you want to go back, you have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. And, and then, and so we, we got into a little uh, scriptural sword fight there, going back and forth, back and forth, and, and finally just came to the place where, where, amen, where the Holy Ghost came on me, and I was just speaking scripture after scripture and going down the line. He didn't know what to do, but nothing but get mad and close his Bible and throw it on the table. Yeah. But you know what? The bad thing about it was he influenced the majority of those people not to be baptized. Wow. So, you, so, so you don't think it's necessary to be careful? Wow. Whose hands are their blood, is their blood on? Whose hands? You think about it. I'm saying all this just to make this point across to you, saints. And I feel I felt impressed this morning by the Lord as I was uh, meditating in His Word to tell you this: that you need to be careful. This is a time that you need to exercise caution. You need to try the spirits. You need to be prayerful. You need to, amen, just make sure, amen, that it's God. And the things that are not of God, you just need to turn your back to them. That means even your associations. That means even your so-called friends. Amen. If they, amen, uh, are trying to persuade you to be more like them, let me tell you something. Then you need to turn your back on them. Because our obligation and responsibility is to witness to the world and not the world to witness That's to right. us. My, my, my. I told my wife this afternoon. been so burdened. Sometimes I don't understand the burdens I feel. They're heavy. I, the only thing I can do is pray. But let me tell you something, the weight of it is, it's not overwhelming to me, but I just feel a, a grief in the spirit. It's just like, wow, Lord, why is it? Why is it? I've never... You know, I saw burns before, but never like this. And I, maybe, it's, maybe it's the day we're living in. I don't know. Or maybe it's just because the people of God are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and, and you know, the thought came to me. And I shared it with my wife. I said, what would happen if everybody would start to do what they should be doing for the Lord? What would happen if everybody would just start doing what they should be doing for the Lord and quit holding back? Quit being half-hearted. Lukewarm, even cold. And lay aside all the weights and all the sins that obviously are besetting them and distracting them. And the world. Wow. I said, I guarantee you there's going to be, a, there'll be a big difference in their lives, in their testimony, in their living. Ooh. And here's, here's the thing. You're not happy. 
try to pretend you're happy when you're not happy? Mm -hmm. The only true happiness you're going to find is if you, if you lean upon God and if you pray through to the Holy Ghost like you should. That's the only happiness you're going to find and the peace that you're going to find. The joy that's just going to, it's going to be so overwhelming. That God is just, you know, that's all it's going to take for him to persuade you. I'm a, I guess, a different kind of person. I'm, I'm kind of funny, I guess, in a way. I don't mean humorous, but just, to, just the way I am. Because once I feel something, you know, uh, about the word of God, you know, my mind's made up. My, my mind's made up. It's just like, uh, you, don't, you don't have to do anything more than to... To persuade me, I, I believe it. I just believe it. Right. I just take it for what it is, and I say, "Okay, Lord, if that's what if that's what you want of me, then I will definitely, I will do that." Amen. Just so simple as that. So simple. And that's how our faith needs to be. That's how our obedience needs to be. Just so simple. Maybe. I always use that word about myself, naive, because that's how I am. If God said this, then obviously it's true, then I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, because that's just how he is. I'm naive concerning him. Amen. And uh, So quit you like men. Act like men. Act like spirit-filled men. Act like spirit-filled women. Amen. All of us, even myself, that's what we need to do. Quit you like men. That's what Paul said. In answer to all the, the problems that the early church and uh, the church in Corinth had, in answer to all the problems, he said, hey, quit you like men. Huh? Get to that point where you can overcome this. How many of you are tired of battling those skeletons in your closets day after day? <laughs> those same old skeletons jumping out at you. Instead of you cleaning your closet out, you just push them back in and close the door. I was uh, talking to somebody about my job there in Rosebud when I was working down there. They came and, of course, there are a lot of graduates from USD that are going through the program there, had their degrees, counseling degrees, and they're going there. They found out after six months there that that work wasn't, they weren't cut out for that kind of work. So they would resign. So here comes a guy who's a behavior specialist. He was a doctor. He said, Harold, what is it about you? How come? He said, you've been here for a few years. Said, What's the difference between you and all these other people that have come through here? I said, you know what? I said, I really want to make a difference in somebody's life. I'm really here to help somebody. Amen. I want to help somebody. He said, boy, I never heard that before. I said, yep. He said, well, obviously, you're really into it. Your heart's really into it. Or you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> 
I said, you know what? I said, I believe this. Given the opportunity, any person that is going through something that has been troubled all their life, and you give them the opportunity to make it right, that one opportunity, I'm not going to say chance, because I don't believe in chance. You give them that opportunity, you bring them to that door, and you're going to find out their lives can change. I said, that's why I'm, I love doing this. That's why I like helping my fellow man. Because I want to see their lives change for the better. So I'm obviously not a glutton for punishment. So he laughed at me. He said, no, you're not. He said, you're the real deal. So you think about it. What are we here for, church? What are we here for? What has God called you to do for him? Because you're all a part of this. You all have a place. You all have, amen, a gift. You all have a <coughs> ministry. God has called you to do something for him. And you need to find your place. And you need to stand up for him. You need to be stand fast in the Lord. You need to stand up and be a light so that other people can see and so that other people can respond and other people can seek God. That's what we need to do. In closing, this evening, uh, last piece of scripture, uh, Psalms 31 and uh, verses 23 says, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and ye shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Get yourselves ready, saints. This is just a training ground for us right now. What's happening right now is just a training. Training, we're going through training right now. Getting this ready for when the, amen, the beginning of sorrows actually is starting to usher in. Getting this ready. You know, I thought about this and uh, it was right after Brother Wethy was here. That was in, uh, what, February? Yeah, February. Soon after Brother Wethy left, that week, that Monday he left, it wasn't Tuesday or Wednesday when there were quite a number of us here in the church that were just hit with the flu. Does everybody remember that? Yeah. And, and let me tell you something, boy, did it knock everybody off their feet, even myself. I was bedridden for three days. And I thought to myself, what in the world? What in the world, Lord, what, what, what? But you know, it was like the Lord, after all this, and all this began to happen with this outbreak and everything, the Lord said, yeah. I allowed that to happen to you so that your body can adjust. Huh? Amen. Can adjust Amen. to this mm -hmm. strain of virus yep. so that you can stand up against it. Amen. Woo-hoo. Praise God. So there's a good reason why we experienced it, all of us. Why? Why everybody? 
And here we are. You know why? Because God says, I want you to be a light. Huh? I want you to be a witness. I want you to be a testimony. I want you to win the lost. So here we are. Be advised that, uh, of course, this weekend we'll be out here Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Uh, I'll be in prayer. And uh, I'll let you know what I feel directed of the Lord to do after that. If we resume with our regular activities, then we will do so. But we just want to do what God wants us to do, and that's basically why we're here. So be in prayer about that. Help me to pray, but keep everybody else in prayer. All your loved ones. Um, uh, I've been hearing some good uh, response from people out west, and it seems like this podcast is their lifeline, which is good. I'm, I'm glad. So we've definitely been praying for them and everybody out west, and hopefully there's going to be a day. I was asked, Brother Harold, will you ever come out this way for church? And I said, yes, we will. In the near future, I said, we'll, we'll get to where we can come out there and we can start to uh, minister the word of God. So keep all those people there. White River, uh, Two Strike, Mission. Uh, keep them in your prayers uh, because that's what I believe that we will continue to do. So thank you very much for coming this evening. Uh, we'll see you Sunday. Lord bless you. Greet one another in Jesus' name.